Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So um, I want to take a minute and just remember the reason for the holiday uh, this, this weekend is for those who have given uh, their sacrifice of their lives for us to have the freedom to meet like we are today. And so I want to honor those who have been in the military or are currently serving. If you would stand, if you have been in the military or are currently serving, yeah. And then I also want to honor those who have uh, relatives that are serving currently, if you would stand, or you've had a relative who has given their life uh, for service, if you would stand, okay? Because we want, you just represent them today or their families, okay? All right, so let's go ahead and pray for these that are standing. Go ahead and stand, stay standing. So God, I thank you for those that are standing that have served, Lord. I pray that you would bless them for their service, Father. Um, Jesus, I believe Jesus' heart is close to those who serve in the military because they're willing to risk their life, to give their life for others. And Jesus, you are willing to, to give your life for us. And so I believe there's a, a, a kinship there. Uh, you understand their heart, Father. And Lord, I also pray for those who are standing uh, to represent someone who is not here today that is serving in the military. Lord, I pray a, a hedge of protection around those individuals, Lord. Just protect them, bring them back home safely. And also, Lord, we pray for the families of those who have given their life in service to this country. Lord, comfort those families this weekend. Um, and Lord, I pray that their, their memory would be honorable to everyone around them, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give them a hand, would you? Um, thank you. All right, so next week we are launching a new series for the summer. It's called Counterculture, the Sermon That Changed Everything. And it's going to be a study on Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And as I was reading that, those sections, or that section of Scripture uh, in preparation for this summer series, I was just struck by the fact that so much of what Jesus preached was counterculture. Uh, over and over again, he said, uh, you have heard that it was said this, but this is really what you should be doing. You have heard it said this, but this is what you should be doing. You've seen people do this, but really this is what you should be doing. And in those three chapters, I mean, it really encompasses the whole purpose of Jesus's coming and his teachings. And so I'm super excited about spending the summer with all of you uh, going through that, that first sermon, because it really did change everything uh, uh, after he preached it. And he continued to preach that message again and again and again. So um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about going through that this summer with you all. All right, so today uh, we're going to be finishing up the message series. But I wanted to start by reading a, a scripture that's probably pretty familiar to most of us. If you've read the New Testament before, you've probably made it through chapter 8. And let me read this for us. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. 
Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed. So many of us have probably heard that, and then we just go on to verse 4 and 5, and, and we just keep on reading it. But uh, what I want to do is watch a two-minute clip from the video series, The Chosen, uh, which is about Jesus and the, the first disciples that are chosen. And they do a, an incredible job of, in this two minutes of showing what this few verses represented. So watch this. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 you cannot this disease. You Please. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. I am willing. <laughs> Be cleansed. Every time I watch that, I tear up because it's so powerful. Now, guys, that happened. I mean, we, we skim through reading story after story in the Bible of people being healed, and we just can move on. But really, that's what happened. People's lives were completely changed. That leper's life was completely changed because of one touch from our Heavenly Father, Son, Jesus. Our God is in the healing business. Now, I've actually seen people get healed before. Not necessarily from leprosy, but I've seen people healed of headaches. I've seen people healed from fevers, from sickness. Uh, even this morning, we prayed for someone, and 
the pain that they had in their thumbs went away, you know, while we were praying for them. God is in the healing business. Um, I've actually been prayed for myself and received a healing touch from God before. When I was a young adult, I was at a friend's house and he was someone that would pray for healing and he, he would see people get healed. And uh, he said, is there anything, Clint, that you want me to pray for? I said, well, my, my neck's pretty sore because I played football in high school and, and so I was running back. So I'd run into people with my head. And so I kind of like pushed my neck down I kinda, and it was just sore. It would hurt to turn either direction. And so he said, well, I'll pray for that. I said, okay, go ahead. So he put his hands around my neck, started moving my heck, neck around like this, and there was popping going on and, hurt, you know, all this stuff. And he got done, and, and actually my, my neck was, was sore, you know, from, from all of that. And I said, man, you really kind of moved my neck around a lot. He said, well, I didn't do that. That was God that was putting things back in place. And uh, over the next couple of days... Uh, my neck went to no pain at all. I could look completely left or right with no pain. See, God heals, not just in Bible days, he heals today. King David said in Psalm chapter 30, verse 2, Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. And many biblical scholars believe that David was talking about a time that he was sick from an illness and that God came in and healed him. And again, there's story after story in Scripture. And God heals physically, but he does more than that. God can heal relationships. I've seen that happen. Marriages heading for divorce, maybe even already filed for divorce. And God completely restored and healed those marriages. I've seen that happen. God can heal our emotional brokenness, I've seen that happen before. God can heal our thought life when all we have is negative thoughts in our minds. I've seen God heal that as well. And how many of you believe that God can heal our country? He can, right? God can heal our country. Second Chronicles chapter 7 says, if my people who are called by my name, by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's you, okay? will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and, and will heal their land. Our God is a healer and he is in the healing business. So hold that thought. We're finishing up our message series called Divine Identity, Knowing God by His Names. And through this series, my hope was that we would get to know God a little bit better by studying the names that he gave himself, and then also by studying the names that other people gave him. So just a reminder, here are the names that we studied through this series. Jehovah, the name that God gave himself. This is where he talked about I am, who I am. We had Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Jehovah Makadesh, the one who makes us holy. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. I mean, Elroy, the God who sees us. That was a really good message on God who sees us and is with us wherever we go. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd. And then last week, uh, Matt taught a message, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. So if you missed any of those messages, or if you just want a refresher, go back and watch those online. But today we're going to be talking about 
a name that God has as our healer, as our healer. But um, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 15. So let me read the scripture first. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Genesis, Exodus is the second book of the Bible. And uh, to set this up, the whole book of Exodus is about the Israelites leaving Egypt and Moses coming in and the 10 plagues. You guys kind of remember that. Well, as we're setting up this part of Scripture, the Israelites have made it all the way to the Red Sea. So they're blocked by the Red Sea. And the Egyptians, Pharaoh and his army, is coming after them. They've got him pinned against the sea. And Moses raises his hands. The Red Sea parts, and they go across. Just a side note, in my reading of that Scripture this past week, I, I, I think I missed this at one point, but at one point, he says in the Scripture, God led them to the Red Sea so that he could take them across in this miracle so that they couldn't go back. You know, he closed the water behind them. It was so that they couldn't go back. He, he needed to make sure that they had a route that was a one-way route. I thought that was kind of interesting. So anyway, so they make it through. The, the water closes over the Egyptian army. They all die, and uh, they're on the other side of the Red Sea. So that's where we're picking up. Verse 22, chapter 15. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. The Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. Heals you. And the, the name there in Hebrew is, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. And so that's going to be our message title today. And uh, I'm going to give us a couple of points from the scripture of where I, I believe we can experience God the healer more. All right. But before I give those to you, let me pray. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and give me your words to speak today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open up our ears to hear from you and speak to our hearts, Lord. And God, we thank you for this book. We thank you that it recorded so much. And there were so many other things that you've done that just aren't even contained in this book. But we thank you for these stories, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you can fill these in on your handout if you would like. First of all, we can all experience God the healer more when we make some noise. Make some noise. Verse 23 says, When they came to Mara, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. Cried out to the Lord. So the Hebrew word used here is saok, which means to cry, to cry out, to call out, even to shriek, to shriek. So 
I want us to think about this. So they are three days into a desert. Anybody ever been in a desert before? I mean, it's dry, right? Their water, they probably all filled up in the Red Sea. Their water has run out. They're three days into a desert. The only water they see is bitter. They can't drink it or they'll get sick or possibly even die. And so the people are, begin to grumble against Moses. I mean, they're, they're on the edge of somebody getting you know, extremely dehydrated, maybe even people dying. So Moses decides to go to God. Now, how many of you have ever pictured this as like oh, Moses going to God and going, oh, God, people are thirsty here. If you would, if, you would, if you're not too busy, maybe you could give us a pint of water. You know what I mean? Just, you know, just this really somber, humble prayer, right? I mean, that's, that's what I think many times when you think of like Moses praying to God. But that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that Moses cried out to God. So it was probably something more like this. God, help us. Can't you see we're all about to die here? This water is no good. You let us here. What is going on? Lord, please help us. It was probably something a little more like that. And it got God's attention. God ended up healing their water as a result. Now, it, it just reminds me, as I was putting this message together, it reminded me of my niece, Bristol. Uh, she, back in 2018, she was a year and a half old. And uh, in honor of Memorial Day, uh, I actually have this quick video of her. She goes to I'll church here. Go over there. She's got her flag. That's it. <laughs> no, that's it. But if you notice, she's using her right arm, and her left arm is kind of hanging there a little bit. And that's because uh, four weeks before that video was shot, she was climbing up her sister's bunk bed and fell off, all right? Landed on her arm, hurt herself. And so um, she cried for a little bit, took a nap, and then seemed to be fine after that. Now, two weeks later, her parents noticed that that left arm just was being, just hanging there. She didn't seem to use it hardly at all. So they finally took her in to the doctor and they had an x-ray. So here's a picture of the x-ray. I think you can see that. Yeah, she broke her arm. Now, just to compare that to the time I broke my collarbone, I was my freshman year of football. They, they, at the end of the season, they took me up to the varsity to be a punching bag, I'm pretty sure. So I was running the offense against the number one defense, and I'm running around this side, and two big guys from the number one defense jumped on top of me and broke my collarbone. And so anyway, I got up, and I was kind of dazed from it. Um, I remember getting into the car with my brother was going to drive us home, and some of my friends were in the car with me as well. And I was just going, ow, 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 ow. I just started screaming. And my friend Thomas Sock is like, Clint, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay. This hurts so bad. Anyway, I screamed all the way home. My brother runs into the house and says, something's wrong with Clint, you know? And so they immediately took me to the hospital, did the x-ray, and took care of my broken collarbone. 
so what's the difference between Bristol and myself? One is she's a lot tougher than me, right? I mean, <laughs> that's pretty obvious. But the other thing is, see, I cried out, and I got attention right away. She didn't. She didn't cry out. And so it was weeks before she got the attention that she needed, right? Guys, when we cry out, it brings attention. We've all heard the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So we know that's true in, in society, right, in our culture. But we as Christians have been taught, well, you shouldn't cry out. You shouldn't complain, right? We should be really timid and humble. And, and maybe that's true when it comes to if we got the wrong Big Mac sandwich or something, right? <laughs> but when it comes to God, when it comes to God, he responds when we cry out, when we make some noise. Psalms chapter 34, verse 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. When we are in trouble, it's okay to cry out. We're supposed to cry out. So here's a question I want you to ask yourself. What pain am I experiencing today that I am keeping to myself? That I'm keeping quiet about? What brokenness are you experiencing? Like my grandniece Bristol, who had a broken arm, and she just lived with it and just went along, but she wasn't fully living, right? She couldn't even use that arm. So what brokenness are you experiencing today? Haven't you had that pain long enough? I mean, isn't it time to get some help? Isn't it time to get some healing? Isn't it time to cry out to God to make some noise? Here's your feeling. God isn't offended when we raise our voices. God isn't. He's not offended. For somebody here today, I just feel like God's prompting me to say this. You can go beyond the whisper prayers. You've been kind of taught that, oh, I need to be honorable and respectful and whisper my prayers. And I just believe that God would say to you today, it's okay to cry out. I mean, to get emotional, to, to say what's on your heart. And so you might need to go home today, lock the doors, or go out in your car and lock the doors and just make some noise to God. Because he hears you and he will respond. He will respond. So that's our first fill-in. We can all experience God the healer more when we make some noise. Here's number two. We can all experience God the healer more when we are willing to look foolish. Are willing to look foolish. So let me go back into the scripture and point this out. When Moses cried out to the Lord. The Lord's response was he showed him a piece of wood and he threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. Now this place is called Mara, which means bitter, all right? So the location was named after the fact that this water, the, the pond, the lake, whatever was there, was bitter and unfit to drink. So most likely it had been bitter for a long time. And, and he, God... 
responds to Moses and says, see that piece of wood, the one laying over there, the one that was probably in the water at some point or is close to the water, um, and just throw that into the water and it'll take care of things. So picture that. There's, there's a million Israelites dying of thirst, looking around at Moses, we need water. And Moses goes, I got you. Walks over, picks up a piece of wood, brushes it off, tosses it in the water. I, I don't know about you, but if I was one of those Israelites, I'm like, really? That's the best you got? I mean, where's the water filter? We're going to dig a well. I mean, you got some, some chemicals, something we can throw in. Is there anything we can do? And you're just going to take a piece of dirty wood on the side and throw it in? I mean, that's, that's foolish. But Moses was willing to look foolish. Out of what? Out of obedience to God. <laughs> God is going to ask you to do some foolish things. And, and I would just say, I don't think it was the piece of wood that healed the water. I think it was Moses' obedience to God that healed the water. So Robbie Dawkins is an author and pastor and evangelist um, in the Vineyard Movement. And he's written a couple of books. One of them is this book, Do What Jesus Did. And in this book, he gives story after story after story of people getting healed and people finding Jesus as well. But many times, he is willing to look foolish in the midst of it. So I want to read one of those stories where Robbie Dawkins was willing to look foolish this was at a Vineyard National Conference in Costa Rica. So a man from the church called us to go to the hospital to pray for his brother. Amoebas had entered his ear and were eating into his brain. We prayed with him in the ICU and nothing seemed to change. Feeling kind of defeated, I headed out the door with my host. So just think about that, first of all. He's at this conference preaching on healing, most likely, because that's what he does. And they invite him to come in and pray. And he prays with all of his guts, you know, and nothing seems to happen. Seems pretty foolish, right? That doesn't deter Robbie Dawkins, though. As we were walking out, I noticed a woman who I felt might have lower back and hip problems. I asked her if she struggled with pain in these areas, and she said yes. I said, if you'll let me pray for you, God will heal you right now. I prayed for her and then asked her what her pain level was. Zero, she said. God had completely healed her in that moment through one prayer. Then she said, wait, and went running into one of the back rooms down the hall. She returned breathless and asked, would you please come and pray for my father-in-law? He's been in a coma for many months. Man, that's a big big one as well, right? I mean, this, this guy's been in a coma for months. Prognosis isn't very good for this gentleman. But Robbie Dawkins, who just failed miserably, you know, if you call not praying for someone and them not getting healed, failure, that just happened. Now he had a little bit of success with this one person. And now he's being asked to pray for someone who'd been in a coma for months. Even though I've been discouraged, I decided to go for it. I said, absolutely. If you promise me you'll go to the nurse's station and get them all to come in. 
She went and convinced a doctor and several nurses to come into the room. Typically, few people are more disbelieving of what I'm doing than people who work around sickness and death every day. In front of this medical staff, I prayed, Father, I thank you for your miraculous healing power. Thank you that you're going to heal this man right now and raise him up from a coma so that everyone will know that you're here in pursuit of a relationship with them. Then I addressed the man in the coma, Pablo, wake up right now in the name of Jesus. Pablo's eyes popped open. It actually scared me. <laughs> but it was also one of the coolest things I've seen. His daughter-in-law screamed and ran out of the room to get his wife. Three of the nurses also shrieked, <laughs> shrieked and ran out. The doctor started checking Pablo. He was fully awake and responsive. God's in the healing business even today. But Robbie Dawkins was willing to look foolish. I mean, he even said, he even made it more of a spectacle. Bring in the nurses, bring in the doctor. I mean, he's just like, I'm willing to look foolish for just that chance that God is going to heal. Because, guys, God is not a magic genie, right, up in heaven that we can rub his belly and he'll perform these mighty things for us and, and he has to do what we tell him. No, that's not the way it is. God has a master plan. But part of that master plan does include some people receiving healing. And we get to be part of that. The hard thing is we just don't know who. But we do know this, right? If we don't pray, they're not going to get healed, right? There's at least, there's a chance when we do step out. Robbie Dawkins uh, said it this way. In a recent interview, he says, I was in Armenia speaking at different churches which were more Pentecostal. They would say, you're the special person that God has blessed in that way. Like he has, he's the only one that can bring healing or pray for healing. I said, no, I just try more often. The more you try, the more you do see it happen. John Wimber, who was the father of the Vineyard Movement, said, I had to pray for a thousand people before one was healed. And John Wimber prayed. There's documented, uh, documented testimonies of John Wimber praying for hundreds, if not thousands of people and seeing them get healed. But he had to pray for a thousand people. It was that first year that he was praying to and nobody got healed. The reason why I see more spectacular stuff is because I'm doing it more. I guarantee I have the same failure rate as everybody else. So if we want to see healing in our lives and in the lives of people around us, we have to be willing to look foolish, right? We have to be willing to risk it knowing that they may not get healed, but I'm still going to stand in faith. Also knowing that they will not get healed if I don't stand in faith. Now that's one of the requirements. Another requirement though, a couple more requirements for healing is in verse 26. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. So doing what is right and keeping his decrees and following God's plan for our lives, that is a requirement for healing. And just so you know, doing what is right in God's eyes is not always right in man's eyes. Right? So when we do what is right in God's eyes, it can look pretty foolish to the people around us. <laughs> so I have just a couple of common Christian practices that we do 
Now, honestly, if you didn't grow up in the church or, or know anything about you know, the Christian faith, these look pretty foolish. I just Let me just point these out. First of all, talking to an invisible God, we call it prayer, but it's really like to the outside world that's babbling to yourself, right? What do they do with someone who just talks to themselves constantly? Right, they lock you up. I mean, that's what they do. That's a little crazy. How about singing songs to an invisible God? I mean, that's even worse, right? I mean, you're singing songs to who? I mean, to the world. They're like, what are you doing? I mean, some of you are raising your hands and closing your eyes and swaying. That looks a little crazy. Looks a little crazy. How about giving away 10% of your income? I mean, in the church, we go, that's normal. To the outside world, they're like, how much money is that? I mean, if you make 50 grand, that's $5,000. You know what you could do with $5,000? And we're like, yeah, we just give it away. That's crazy. How about coming to church today on a holiday weekend instead of sleeping in? That's a little crazy, right? I mean, why aren't you mowing your lawn or doing a barbecue? This one was my favorite. Reading the same book over and over again. <laughs> Why do you do that? It's, it ends the same every time, right? <laughs> I mean, just think about it. Why would you read the same book over and over again? Guys, we, many of us do these things. And it's without a second thought. And why do we do that? Why are we willing to look foolish in the world's eyes? It's because we know that God hears us and responds when we pray. We know that God is honored when we sing songs of praise to him. We know that God blesses us when we financially sacrifice our money. We know that when we gather together or two or more are gathered in his name, he is there with us. And we know that this is not like any other book. It's alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it speaks to us. It's God's words for our life. It gives us direction. And so if we're willing to look foolish in these things, why not look foolish in asking for healing for ourselves and for other people and asking for miracles. 1 Corinthians one twenty five says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So here's your filling. If following Jesus means we're going to look foolish anyway, why not go all in? Right? Why not? Why not go all in? Why not believe every word that's in this book? Why not do everything that he says to do? James 5.14, I know skip down just a little bit there, says, If is anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. And we're going to take some time and invite God to meet us here and to bring healing. We saw some of that happening 
during first service. And so um, we're going to sing a song. I, the song's called Waymaker, and it just talks about God who makes a way for us. And so um, while we sing this song, we're going to have the prayer team up front. And we're just going to pray for you. We also have some oil, I think, that if you're sick, um, we can pray for you for that. Now, again, I'm talking about God bringing healing to any situation that's in your life. This past week on Tuesday night, uh, we spend time praying for the church, for all of you, every Tuesday night. And while we were praying, one of the young adults saw up on the wall here, kind of had a vision of this. I think we have an image of it. Yeah, he just saw the word freedom across the wall. And he drew that picture. And I do believe that God wants to bring freedom today from sickness, from uh, destructive habits, from destructive thoughts. You know, God may want to bring healing in relationships. Um, I think there's somebody here who has a, a strained relationship with a child. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to come up too, because I think God wants to bring healing in that relationship. I've seen God do that so many times. But if we're going to experience more of God, the healer, we have to be willing to look foolish. Um, so I'm going to invite our prayer team. Go ahead and come on up here. If you guys would all stand. While we sing this song, you guys are invited to come on up and let us pray for you. Um, after the song is done, you guys are welcome to leave and uh, go enjoy this holiday weekend. But if you know that you, this message was for you and that you need to respond, then I want to invite you to come up. And there, there may be some of you who you have responded to messages like this and have not seen God heal you yet. And I would encourage you, come up again. Come up again. Don't give up on God. He has not given up on you. So I encourage you to come on up. All right? So yeah, if you guys want to just start making your way up now, I'm going to pray. So God, I pray that you would give us boldness to pray bold prayers. Just empower our prayer team right now, God with your healing touch, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would give those in the audience who really need freedom today, they need healing today. Um, Lord, I pray that they would have the boldness to come forward as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
available if you need prayer for anything, uh, whether it be healing or just something you want God to intervene in on. God's word says to cast your cares on him because he cares for you, whether it be little or big. He wants to speak into it. So let me pray and then we will be officially done today. So God, thank you that you are the healer. Thank you that when you come, you come in power. I can think back to even the times when we've prayed for healing and you haven't healed in the same way we thought you would. 
You brought new peace in the situation. You brought a different perspective. You brought comfort. God, we just acknowledge that still from your spirit. That's still you loving your people and pouring yourself out. So we thank you that you, you are here, you are authoring healing, but you're also going to go out with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for worshiping with us today. You are loved. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.